millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, someone called us a choked during the week, said disgraceful allegation. wonder who it was. <laughs> This week, drama at Celtic Park as too much Red Bull finally gives us the runs and the hoops are humbled by the high bees as Brendan's boys again lose top spot. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Hello and welcome to episode 162 of 20 Minute Tims. I am your host Stephen. You may have realised that it's not the usual voice that welcomes you into these things. Man Jamie, down. Yeah. Well, man flew down. Indeed. Uh, but Melly, you spoke before I introduced you. That's a, a cardinal, cardinal sin on here. But I, as you've already heard, uh, Melly is with me. Evening. <laughs> yeah, We're nervous. It's just too heavy. I know. Jamie's not with us tonight uh, due to some unsavoury allegations we had to oh no, he's, he's, he's not well just now he's got the old uh, Christmas flu bug he's in a, a bad way so if you want to send him your strength thoughts and prayers you can do so at James Wond individual mass for him that's it some week for the hoops Melly we'll get into all that just now but a wee update on the thing we mentioned last week we've been doing a wee sort of Christmas charity drive for CHAS which is the Children's Hospices Association of Scotland we started uh, just given page and at the last count I think people have been kind enough to donate something like 600 and 640 640 pounds so thanks to everyone who's donated that particularly from a sole contribution from one person which was 307 pounds that's incredible we have 307 pounds from a sole donation and that was from a person who wanted to go by the wee man's Gallagate clique. So thanks very much for that. That was an incredibly generous gesture. Oh, one, a wonderful gesture. Indeed, yeah, 640. Speaking of wonderful gestures, though. Can we encourage people to keep... Yeah, we please. We tried a target of £500, but Good we point. have uh, we done that within three or four days. So we just encourage people to keep donating, even though the target has been reached. Absolutely. Good point. We're, there's, no, there's no cap on it. Let's nope. just keep giving as much as possible. But with that, I hear you ask, what are you giving, DMT <laughs> lads? Listeners to last week's episode will be aware that I saddled myself with the task of, and we're not having a go at Celtic TV, it's just a bit of fun, it's just a bit of Christmas fun for charity, but I was going to go back and watch the Kilmarnock game, which we all know was the performance of the season so far, arguably, and count the number of times the Celtic TV commentary team said the word wonderful to describe the action. We also pledged to donate £1 for every time they said wonderful during the, during the 90 minutes. Melly, would you like to hazard a guess at how many times they said the word wonderful? Well, I donated £20. I just thought that will be, they'll never say wonderful yeah, more than 20 uh, times in a game. So I thought I'll just do my bit, leave it to you. So 
18. It's 40. 40? 40 times. They said they were <laughs> wonderful 40 times during the game. Now, the breakdown of that is 31 times in the first half alone and a very disappointing nine in the second half. I'll level you guys. I have spent better Friday afternoons <laughs> than watching a game of football counting the amount of times I once said, but it's all for charity at the end of the day. So... How many times in the first half? 31 times. Well, so, well, it makes sense because that's when eight four times goals. a goal, basically. Yes, so it's um, I worked out as uh, one wonderful every 87 seconds throughout <laughs> the first half. <laughs> but in fairness to them, they were absolutely right. It was a wonderful performance and 40 times. So we're going to give 40 pounds to, to the Chaz donation. Oh, that works out well. Well, yeah, each. exactly. So as it's, as it's Christmas, we'll round that out up to our next 60 between us and yep. we'll, we'll donate that in. Also, we put out some mugs on Friday there. They sold out. Hotcakes. Uh, Hotcakes is right. They sold out in basically minutes. Uh, we put a limited run of the, the mugs that we post pictures of quite often. People have been asking where they can get them. We put them out and they didn't let us down. They, they flew off the shelves and all the proceeds of that will be going to the Chaz Fund as well. So thanks very much for everyone who bought one. Those will be winging their way to you as, as soon as possible. But anyway, that's that. Better go on to the, the Celtic news of the week. And this week, um, bit of a bit of a sore one for everyone. We were rocked last week by the news that Lee Griffiths has been taken out of football effectively for the foreseeable future. Well, it just the word indefinitely has been used. We don't know when he'll be back. Now, it's something that's been bubbling just under the surface for a while with yeah. Griffiths. It has to be said, this is it was still a shock to see him taken out of football, um, to be given time off from football rather. But at the same time, I don't think anyone was like, oh my God, this is completely out of the blue. I think there has been underlying issues with Lee Griffiths for quite some time now. We don't know much about it, so we're not going to sit here and speculate that. No, that's no, that's we're, we're certainly not going to do that. But suffice to say, it's something we've had our eye on for quite some time now. The idea that he's had gambling problems has been out there in public for a while now. Again, we're not going to speculate on what's happened, but it's just one of these things It's hard to... It's hard to talk about. We're not going to talk about it. Operate under the assumption that he's he's going to be all right. He just needs a few weeks off and he'll be back fitter and stronger than ever. That that's it. That's just what we're going to kind of work under the assumption of. That's best case scenario here. But the the gambling and football thing is just it's one of these things that's it causes a lot of controversy. There's a, an awful lot of it around with like the regards um, sponsorship and all that. You can't really move for it now. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with gambling, but if you do struggle with that kind of thing, it must be it must be tough just being completely surrounded by it at all times. Yeah, J- Jamie's very vocal about yeah. it. Yeah, he's been like that for a while. It's a, if somebody was to be addicted to gambling, the sponsorship. It's it's inside the stadium. There's gambling. Mm-hmm. If you watch a game of football. Every second advert yeah. is gambling. Every the first advert at every game is a betting one Tell in play. Say, right. It's very, it's be very difficult, and it's so accessible on your phone nowadays that it's a difficult one. Lee Griffiths, the way Brendan Rodgers spoke, the we don't know if it's definitely the gambling, but there seems to be yeah, some yeah. issues as well. If the guy's not happy and he has to take time out of football, take as much time as he needs. Absolutely. Yeah. It's more important than football. Yes, it may harm Celtic short term, but there's more important things oh, yeah, in life. Absolutely. If the guy's not happy, nothing else really matters. And if he has to take himself out, get better and take as long as he needs. 
we don't know if we'll see, he won't be back in a few weeks. We might not see him again this season, but as long as yeah. he gets back to somewhere, as Brendan Rogers said, where he's happy, that's that's all that matters ultimately. Absolutely, and it's clear that something has happened because it's, it wasn't. It was playing last week. He played against Kilmarnock and he played against Motherwell. So to have gone from that to just being completely removed. Again, we're not going to speculate on it. That's not our job, but it's clear that something has finally clicked and is enough is enough, really. Um, yeah, Jamie has been very vocal about not being a big fan of how much it has invaded football. Not going to name any names, but we have been approached by gambling companies in the past about doing sponsorship stuff and all that. And we've not, we've just, again, I, I'm going to have to stress there's nothing wrong with gambling at all, but it's like yeah. drinking. The vast majority of people are absolutely fine with it, but the odd person does really struggle. And we just don't really want involved in it because like, there's plenty of it out there. We don't want to muddy the waters even further. Yeah, hopefully everything gets sorted for the guy and he can get back to doing what he does best and that is scoring for the hoops. His demeanour's not been too great recently. The Motherwell game, he just didn't look himself but maybe thought it was um, down to match sharpness but maybe if there was other things going on you can see why performances have made, he's maybe struggled for performance fitness because when you're feeling like that football's the last thing in your mind. So On a brighter note, Celtic are into the next round of the Europa League. This might be the only bright note we get in this, <laughs> this podcast. Some more more to come on that, but as we said, we, the draw was made today. We're recording on Monday night and we've been drawn against Valencia. Yes! Now, Melly, Melly, behind the scenes of this podcast, you have been angling for us to do podcasts on that Valencia tie from 2001 for ages. Yes, you just basically have, you, about it. have you done anything? No, we have not. No, you haven't. <laughs> you have a particular strong fondness for those games. I remember you talking about being at it. Yep. Now this is 2001. So it's a, it's, I think it's a great tie. Yeah. I, I can't wait for it. it. It's, I think it's a perfect tie because yes, they're a big team, they're a big historic club, as Brendan Rogers put it, but they're not in the greatest of phases at the moment. They're not doing all that well in the league. But let me tell you, Mel, you listen to me, Gary Neville will have that team <laughs> right up for this. Draw. <laughs> yeah, it's a great team out. As I, said, I spoke about it when I was on the History Boys Abroad podcast. That's right, yeah. One of my favourite games. I was at the game back then and the atmosphere was one of the best I've ever been. It was absolutely incredible. It was the first penalty shootout I'd properly seen live at a game because you don't really get them much at Celtic, no, do you? No. So the noise, the people waving their scarves, Bobo Baldy and John Carew is one of the most gruesome, amazing battles <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I was quite near the front of the family stand for that game and to hear the two clattering off each other it was just clash of the titans it was brilliant i love valencia back then european cup finalists for the two years they managed to win the league as well great players and lovely strips oh absolutely i've i've really liked valencia as well i wouldn't i probably wouldn't go as far to say as they're i've got a spanish team but if pushed i would probably pick valencia i did their stadium tour a few years ago and it's it's great it's that team that you're talking about there's all like posters of them up there you forget how many amazing players they had back then oh it was a great team Canizares you can name that that 11 oh just player after player every one of them you hope one day hopefully they'll sign for Celtic but it was a great couple of ties beat 1-0 away from home Uh, it was strange because it, it was around the time just now because we went out of the Champions League but they, we went, dropped into the UEFA Cup. But they played the, the round before Christmas. So we didn't even get football after Christmas, no. unfortunately. 
But we get beat 1-0 over there. We had a good few chances. Maybe could have got a wee equaliser. I think Sutton missed that game mm. with his wife going to labour. And then back home, Larson made it 1-0. A typical Larson finish oh, as well. Beautiful. Yeah. You know I love that yeah. sort of finish right into the far corner. And it was just a great game. Really unlucky. Josval had him missed two penalties in the shootout because he... He got to take it again and he missed them both. So that was a chance. I think Larson missed and Petrov blazed one over as yeah, well. Right. So, uh, we could have we could have went through, but no shame in going out to Valencia. No, absolutely not. And we'll probably talk more in depth about, oh, about yes, those ties. We'll, we'll finally grant you your wish and talk about those ties in depth near the Imagine we'd have done it when I asked. I know. We'd have <laughs> blown it. But they, as we record, they're 14th in the league. But... They've only lost as many games as Celtic have this season in the league. They've only lost three times. It's all the draws that have dragged them down the league. They've drawn ten times so far. It's an incredible amount of games. So they've won three, drawn ten, lost three. They were doing alright and then they struggled. Now they're doing alright again. They spent a lot of money in the mm. summer. Bought two right backs. One of them. Oh yeah, this of course this is the Cristiano Piccini derby. Yes, it's going to be. Could have been lining up for us, but no, no, no. They need to. But I've been keeping an eye on him because we missed out on him. But it seems to be him and is it Vass? I think right. he's from signed from Celta Vigo, maybe. Mm. The two of them are going for that position. But Puccini played against Man United last yeah, week, I'm sure. So see, maybe we'll get to finally see him at Celtic Park. That's right. But Valencia under the lights at Celtic Park will be a smashing night. Great tie. There's a lot of tough teams we could have got. A few a few harder than this, but they're not doing too great, so we'll see. It's a long time away still. I feel like Valencia is just right in the sweet spot. Oh, yeah. It's a big, big team, but but a winnable one. Uh, no, I don't want to get overconfident, because God knows I've been overconfident in this in this European campaign so far and had it bite me, but that that's not it's not an insurmountable tie. No, no, it's not. It's, it's going to be very difficult. Oh, yeah. It's insurmountable if we go in with the team we've got right now. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> More on that later. The, aside from Pacini, they've got good players. They've got Michi Batshuayi yep. up front. They've got... Guedes. Yeah, Rodrigo, who plays centre-forward for Spain. Um, no, where, where are you getting winnable from these players? <laughs> I, I'll edit that out. I'll, just, I'll, I'll leave it's in. A to, it's a tie. I'll take out winnable tie. <laughs> But as I say, we'll talk more about Valencia nearer the time. That'll be in February. Yep, middle of February. Yeah. But how did Celtic get there? I hear you <laughs> ask. Well, I'll tell you. Skin of their teeth. <laughs> what a dramatic night. Now, Melly, you were there. Jamie and I were working. Yep. By working, I mean doing podcasts, of course. We did, a, <laughs> we did a match companion for Patreon, and that was up and down, to say a the roller least. Rollercoaster. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It was a strange, strange game to be at. Because... Hmm. Salzburg were really, really good. Aye. One of the best teams I've seen for at this level, bar Champions League teams. A great, great team. School this game looked completely gone and then the news filters through and the atmosphere changing. But there's obviously people delighted and then there's people that we should be doing our bit and then you're like, well, we did do our bit before. It was strange. You didn't really know how to react. You're obviously happy you're through, but you're watching your team getting beat. It's, yeah, it's an I, unusual situation. That's an important point you've picked up on there because a lot of people, Huns, face it, let's face it, will be saying, ah, but you snuck in the back door. It was somebody else that got you through. No, that's, that's not how it works. So it's Free wins to their two. Exactly. Rassenborg Sport or whatever, Rassenball Sport Leipzig could have gone through 
Yep. Had they beaten Rosenborg, but they didn't. They could have beaten Celtic and gone through, but they didn't. Celtic beat them. So, well, these they things... beat Rosenborg twice apart from Leipzig. Yeah, exactly. So, so these things aren't decided on one night or even one one goal that they can be. But it wasn't. It wasn't here. Celtic got nine points and deserve to go through. There was a point, various permutations, a couple of games prior to this where we could have gone out on twelve points. Yep. So to go through on nine is a a great achievement. Squeaky, but uh, yeah, still great. squeaky on the night. Only needing a draw, but. Unfortunately, Salzburg did not change their team. No, no. That, <laughs> they are good. They are really good. They, they play for four two diamond, and mm. they absolutely tore our defence apart. When you say that, when you talk about their formation, you, you use the word schooled a wee bit earlier. It's watching Salzburg play against Celtic. It's like they've got fifteen players on the pitch. Yeah. There's the midfield battle, such as it was, was. I mean, it was a mismatch, really. They just seemed to be pulling players from from everywhere. No one got any time on the ball. When they did have the ball, they didn't make good use of it. But that was partly down to a poor performance, but a lot down to the fact that Red Bull Salzburg just don't give you a second on that ball. No, it's not. It's it's a very difficult game when you're chasing a game. Yeah. And then the time you do get the ball, you're getting shut down very quickly. That's their formation. They know how to play it. We change in the second half to match that because... I kept looking up the clock, like get to half time. So it's only thirty-three minutes gone. What's going on here? Just get to half time. We couldn't get out. They pin back our back four mm. with the front two and the one behind. And even when we changed the diamond, the two strikers went in between the centre halves and our full backs. Pinned our full backs back, and their attack midfielder at the tip of the diamond occupied the centre-halves as well, which meant our full-backs couldn't get forward, so our diamond, diamond in midfield, we had no width whatsoever, no. so we couldn't get out. It was it was really impressive the way they played. They're technically so good, the players they've got. They can just pass it about. They they know what they're doing. They are a well-oiled machine. That is a, was that 36th, 37th game this season, and they haven't That's even lost, including death. friendlies. They only went out on the away goals rule because they drew both games. Oh, they're a really, really, really good team, and it's a kind of level we'd like to get to. Like everybody says, like Celtic dominate, but we don't dominate a league like they're doing. No, no. I thought when Brendan Rodgers first came in in the Invincibles, that was the sort of domination we get, but we obviously have not invested in the squad. <laughs> no, no. But we have invested in the stadium. The light show was good again. Oh yeah, yes. Well, every cloud and all that. <laughs> as far as they go, no. They talk about their pressing and all that, and some of Celtic's players just—I I just don't know if they've experienced anything quite like that before. A lot of them kind of froze on the night. Just we, Celtic, and in particular, I don't really want to single players out, but I'm going to have to do it for the purposes of the podcast. But Tom Rogic, so kind of once again displayed that he. he I retract my statement. <laughs> you're retracting. <Full> retraction. <laughs> It just it doesn't seem to have... He's got all the skill in the world, right? There's no dispute in that at all, but it doesn't really seem to have the sharpness and the quickness of thought that is required against a team that are so aggressively energetic yeah, in your face. It's another level up for him yeah. and he just couldn't cope with it. He was terrible. I thought when Brown was getting warmed up at half-time, it, I just Could presumed it, yeah. it was that, going to be yeah. Rogic, but the way we changed formation, uh, it didn't. we didn't have a position for Sinclair when we done that. I thought Cal McGregor had his worst game in a long yeah, time. He yeah. got caught on the ball. He was making slack passes. Christie obviously went off injured. It just it was a night that we didn't really turn up. But 
Possibly that's down to how good they were and maybe we just didn't turn up. We never get settled into the game. We couldn't put passes together. You look at that Celtic team that started, I think it's only the outfield players as Lustig and Sinclair are over 25 maybe. So we forget how young our players are because they've all been in the squad for so long. So Mm. it is another learning curve, but it just shows the level we should aspire to as well. Speaking of Lustig, forced off injured. Pretty early on. Yeah, that just we bit of experience gone. I don't I don't know how he would have coped anyway, but we don't have a natural right back on the bench. No. We Gamby wasn't there. No. Ayer is not a right back for Never, him. no. And, and speaking of Ayer, we'll cut straight to the, the point on that. He came on and caused absolute havoc because uh, yep. let, in fact let's forget Ayer for a second, let's talk about Craig Gordon because there's obviously more to come from him in the second half and and we will get to that. But in fairness to him, if it wasn't for him in that first half it could have been panic stations sitting yeah. in because at least two terrific saves, one very early on from a header. I get a long range header. It was a kind of strange yeah. one. The guy headed from about 15 yards. They hit the bar with a header as well. Yeah, it was a strange right. one as well. Craig Gordon was great. It was more like the Craig Gordon we've seen in the Dyla days when right. we are getting peppered with shots in the Europa League and he was saving us all sorts. Salzburg were in a league that uh, group that time right, yeah. as well. He was great then, but yeah, he made the great saves, but that doesn't mean you can do that. That no. does not mean you can do that. No, and if, obviously everyone will be aware that in the second half he pulled a, a Loris Carius from the Champions League final last year. He rolled it out. Craig Carius. Yeah, he, he, he rolled it out directly onto his attacker's foot. Now, it was obvious from the minute he picked it up exactly what he was going to do. All the guy had to stick his, what do was stick his foot out. He barely moved. No, I, I understand that with Gordon, right? I understand that he feels under pressure, that he's got to start attacks, he's got to pick up the ball and within a second get it moving out to another player. But you've got to know when to just take a breath there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not saying he does it often. No, right? he does we've, we've criticised his passing to death, right? I'm not going to do that. There's Which no was, again, was absolutely brutal. Okay, we are going to do that under again. pressure <laughs> every time he got the ball. I was like, oh, come on, mate. Aye, that's, that, that's poor, but... This was a different type. Yep. He, he just he rolled it out and you know that was that was that as far as that was concerned. Just to go back to his first half, he had another great save one on one after Ayer played a absolutely baffling pass into the centre of the fence to no one and the guy was clean through. I like Ayer, but to throw a guy into that game, just the pace of that game, the speed of the players he's up against and a position he's not familiar with. It's not fair. We've seen Jack Henry last season had to play it right back at times and he struggled immensely as well, didn't yeah. he? It's, it doesn't work no. throwing a centre-half out there. You need somebody who plays a position. Don't know what happened to Wee Gamby, why he wasn't on the bench. He's not on the bench again at the weekend, so safe to say he's, he's gone. But that, it needs addressed. It needs addressed because it, it's been a glaring error, a glaring a hole in the squad, yeah. Yeah, it's all season. Look how many goals we've conceded down that side. That side, even John McGinn came out and said when Hibs were playing Celtic last season, Lennon always says target Lustig. So speaking of Ayer, the Salzburg's first goal came in the sixty-seventh minute, which is pretty disrespectful because yeah. that's I mean that's a pretty sacred minute. I don't know what they were playing at, frankly, but they scored in the sixty-seventh minute. Dabur, the guy we've been talking about constantly, yeah. he's, he's just leaving the centre of the box. Don't, Aye. Don't, he played, played against Scotland and, and against Celtic previously. He's obviously a, a top striker, but he's left alone, essentially a free header in the box. Now, who's who's to blame for this? Because I'll hold my hands up. Jamie and I, when we did the match companion, looked towards Ayer because he arrived late 
to the challenge for the header when it was all already in. But having watched it back, the only reason Ayer is involved at all is because he's left his man at the back post to come in and cover Jozo's yep. man because he's completely left him alone. And that's why he was furious when the ball hit the back of the net. I'd originally thought it was Gordon he was more than that because he kind of went for the ball with his shoulder, but it's clearly Jozo who's just left left everything alone. Yep, he seems to... Position is really poor, Jozo. He seems yeah. to get caught under the ball and it fl- flies over his head. We've seen it again at the weekend there. He's not good enough. No. He's not good enough at that level. Even the Scottish Premier League, he's not doing it. I think if we can get Lustig back, maybe move Ayer inside to partner Benkovic. Ben- is Benkovic is holding it together. It wasn't great against Salzburg either. He had a no. few iffy moments, but you can just tell he is a quality footballer. No, of course. The, if the ball's coming in from out wide, into the centre of the box. Your right back shouldn't be the one marking your centre forward. It no, should be one no, of the centre halves right. and it wasn't done. It just It's a simple mistake. It was just a flighted ball into the box. It wasn't as if they carved us open. He's there to do it and then he celebrated in front of Celtic fans. Really? I didn't notice that. I was too busy trying to blame someone <laughs> in, the, in the box. The cross itself though, Kieran Tierney is running between two of their players. They're playing a simple one-two and Tierney's having to cover basically 15 yards yeah. worth, of, worth of space because in Cham is just dwindling, just kind of dithering about in the box himself. By the way, there will be no refunds <laughs> on the Encham mugs that everyone's bought. <laughs> Read the small print. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe it, it was poor from Cham, but I, I maybe put that down to uh, not knowing the formation well enough that Salzburg know exactly what they're doing, where their teammates are going to be. They've got all the relationships on the park. We we don't have that when uh, we were playing the Diamond. Ayer again was involved when he missed a hilarious sitter up the other end. <laughs> now, I've got, I'm going to back him up a wee bit here, not just for the sake of it, but see, you know, it's since mayor's that it was probably going to go in. It was probably going to sneak in at the back post. Oh, he doesn't know that. Yeah, not ex- well, exactly. It's, from the, a certain angle, it looks as if it's going to just about creep in the, the post from Benkovic's header, who has been denied goals left and right yep. here after he gets his one chopped off against Motherwell. If Ayer leaves that ball, he's going to look even more ridiculous if he lets it go and it goes past the post. So he's really not got a choice but to try and stick a leg on it. However, to leather it over the bar from essentially under the crossbar would take some doing. I don't I don't know how we missed it. Oh, it was incredible. I just stood there in disbelief from it. I had a decent view of it. But it's a split-second decision. Yeah. There's no way he can process, or oh, this might go in, or that. He's just trying to get anything on it and... That old cliche, if he's got too much on it, if he, he sclaffs that, it yeah. probably goes in. But just when that was missed, there was still there was still enough time. There was seven minutes to go. But mm-hmm. when that was missed, you just you just knew that we are not getting a point today. We, I, we didn't deserve anything out of the match, to be no, fair. No. They were a much better team. They dominated us from start to finish. They knew exactly what they were doing. And they just ran over the top of us. Last Jamie said on the match companion, he said that when Gordon did that, when Gordon oh that was it, that was yeah, the flung one into yeah. the net. That's you have basically put us out there. That that has put us out because we all assumed, we all just assumed Leipzig would steamroll over the top of Ro- Rosenborg easily because yeah. Rosenborg. We the talked about them, boys. yeah. We talked about them having nothing to play for against Celtic. They've got even less to play for against Leipzig. So we just assumed they would be just a yeah rolled over the top of so Gordon has basically put us out and you could tell from a lot of the faces going off I know there had been the cheers around the crowd before the game finished but you could tell from Gordon's face that he still wasn't sure the the players didn't know at that point all all the fans did but for all Gordon knew that might just been defiance the fans are just celebrating anyway 
So I felt I felt bad for the guy because he didn't yet know. But just on that, I don't think I've ever been part of that. Not for not for at least twenty years though. I can remember being at the stop in the ten game, and obviously there were an eye on results from other time, but that's pre-internet. Yeah. So we're we're talking about radios and all that, but I can't remember having been in it for years where something just circulates around the ground. What I was aware of in the telly is that it happened twice. What was yeah. the second one then? Was that just a jump in the gun? Uh, there I think it was a bit of premature yeah. ejaculation, but <laughs> the boy sitting beside me, don't know how he managed it, but he was watching the right. game on his phone. So on that? Yeah, oh, Jesus. Exactly. I was like, what network are you on, mate? What network <laughs> are you on? Yeah, he was watching it, so I was watching it, and this cheer was going up, but we thought the stream would be a bit behind, but there was still a good few minutes to go, so... But Leipzig didn't really look like scoring from what I've seen, but it's no. strange being at a game, sitting watching another game, while your team's getting beat, <laughs> hoping for another team not to win. Celebrating. It, yeah, strange, strange. But yeah, ultimately this game, we were beaten by a better team, but we'd done what we had to do. If you'd have said at the start of this group, you'll get nine points, you'll like, there's a really good chance we'll qualify with that. And it was a hard group seen by teams apart from... Salzburg, all the other teams took points off each other. So yeah, it was undoubtedly an extremely tough group. We've had a, we've had a laugh about how easy Rangers' group was, and they still went out of it. But there's no doubt. And Brendan Rodgers, I think I gave him a wee bit of stick at the time for saying that we can't compete with these top level teams. And I said, well, wait a minute, they're not quite top top level. They're good, but they're not top level. But not, not in prestige. Not in prestige. Yeah, like, but but having watched Red Bull Leipzig now. Red Bull Salzburg twice now. They are absolutely are a top team, and they're they're only going to get better. Yeah, if they can keep a hold of their players, add a bit of quality. You thought coming into this, how can they do it in that league? Spank everybody. That's maybe what we should be doing, but you never know. It was a really difficult to put out a German team. Yes, Leipzig maybe haven't got the tradition of other teams, but to finish in the top four in that league is some going and to put them out is uh, as we said last week no mean feat it's a, no. gr- a great result I said at the start this will struggle in every game and um, we did it, they were all close games but getting through that group is a great achievement I think especially with this squad yeah absolutely and at Celtic Park a few weeks ago Celtic were as much as 3-1 to one to get the win at home against Leipzig yep. so that tells you what kind of feat it was penalty Celtic in this game third one in a row right missed on. Three penalties in a row missed, yep. Um, Benkovic failed in the box. Upsteps and Cham. Uh, Chammy bastard again. <laughs> I think I think you called for Cham to get put back on them, is yeah. it, didn't you? I don't know who, who take If Christie comes back, Running you need to take right. them. But we got the goal. You're hoping they sneak another one just so it's we've done our job, but it wasn't to be. It was a bit too little, too late. As I said about the Ayah, if he had got that chance, there was still time to get it going and the Craig Gordon thing as well 1-0 down you've always got a puncher's chance in there haven't you you can create something we didn't really look like it but at 2-0 it just totally deflated everything the injuries to Christine Lustig as well didn't really have anything to change it on the bench either so it's something we were really struggling with right now shout out to Rosenborg they get the job done your boy yep certain Celtic through and that's what I was going to say it gave me a certain your boys actually yep a an immense sense of pride that <laughs> the man I've been talking about, bring him home, Brendan, Burger Melling with the assist, and the guy who looks exactly like me with coming up with a goal. Was it Rig Tory Tori Yeah. Um 
do you know, you know, on Twitter, the following day, everyone started changing their picture to Reed Unison. Yeah, he said he did a lot of uh, friend requests. Yeah, it was, um, it was like looking in a mirror. I thought <laughs> it was just a wee tribute to me there. But yeah, it, the script was written. Burger Melling produces the goods. Get him up the road to Selick. Uh, he was great crossing. Don't know what Reed Unison's doing up there, but uh, it was him that Forrest absolutely skinned to put in the yeah, cross right. for Sinclair. Yeah. So we'd spoke about him before. He was good in football manager a good few years ago. He was always a good wee cheap guy to get at Celtic. So I had him at Celtic in the yeah. past. So I'll uh, take credit. Roman, <laughs> As we mentioned before, Lustig was injured in this game. But so was Christie. Christie took a bad one. Um, it was hard to tell exactly what had happened from the footage. It looked as if he just sort of clashed feet yeah. with um, Mino, Miramino. I'm not attempting to. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think it is. Um, it seems like he'd broken his leg, but yeah. I'm glad to believe that's not the case. He's back training already. Yeah, he's back running. It looked like a bad one. He signaled straight away. Yeah, and he brought he the stretcher on. Uh, Scott Brown went over and they got a leg brace for him, so it didn't look good. It's hard to believe two months ago the guy wasn't barely in match day squads and now he's down Crucial. injured and you're, yeah. you're worrying. You're really worrying about it, but hopefully he'll be back for. Maybe not make the weekend game, but next week we've got two big games. Yeah. Or three big games. I thought it would have just been typical for a guy like no, that to spend three years working working hard trying to get into this team and then to explode into the team only to get a horrendous injury in the, the biggest game of the season. He broke his leg before, didn't he? Yeah, he that's right. Think, so. well, but he all good. On He's not the only one back in training, Boyata apparently as well. Thank the Lord. I know, Jesus. Thank the Lord. It's... It's a scary one going into this transfer window because, yes, we could make money on him, but we really need him. If he's not in the centre of defence, we concede a lot of goals. A lot of goals. He's, the clean sheet started happening when he came back, and it's no coincidence. Yes, he wronged us at the start of the season, but there's no denying now he's a good defender and he had a good partnership with Benkovic. That was when the good run started. We really did miss him the other night. Well, speaking of central defence partnerships, that leads us nicely on to the other scintillating game of the of the week, uh, away to Hibs. It's been but, a while since we've had two pumpings in a week. I can't remember the last podcast we did. I, I'm sure it must have happened. I can't remember the last one we did, but it was two defeats and one goal in there. I'm not sure. I would need, I would need to listen back and go, no, I'm not going to do that. Was it Kamalik after, that was, was that after Athens or was that? Might have been. But the reason I bring up central pairings is that this was a back three. Now, at various points this season, we have been forced into different formation changes. But for me, not just for me, but I'm assuming basically everyone agrees with this, that the back three has never really worked. We've had various combinations at the back, as you've said, Boyata plus one tends to work. But even without Boyata, we had Benkovic and Ayer, who did well against Hearts, had a clean sheet in the yep. 3-0 game. We've had... Boyata and Benkovic, which is excellent. We've had even, to a lesser extent, even Benkovic and Simunovic have done okay recently, even with you know, Simunovic's glaring... Pishness. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pishness. I was trying my best to be diplomatic about yeah, that there, but uh, pishness will do. But the, this was a back three. And I, I just don't think any of them, any of the players involved, are comfortable with it. I don't think any of them know how to play it. Obviously, they are professionals and they're all good players, but I, I don't want to say... Oh, they're, they're too stupid to work out how you play a back three, but it, it just, looking at it, it just seems completely alien to them. Even Benkovic, I thought, had a, a bit of a shocker against yeah, him. Yeah, it was his poorest game so yeah. far, was it? There was a lot of just aimless punting from him, and it's so rare to see from Celtic, just punting the ball forward, because the midfield weren't shown for it. Scott Brown, 
we'll talk a bit about his performance, but he was dropping awfully deep. And Ayer did all right as well, but I just the three of them just looked completely lost at times in there. It can work for other teams, but I don't think it suits us because no. when you're at Celtic, teams, I think Hibs had two up front, but teams rarely play two up front, so it, it doesn't really work. You don't need three centre-backs going up against one striker. They had two strikers, but one kept dropping deep. And the wing-backs as well, it puts a lot of pressure on the wing-backs because there's nobody really to double up on the wide areas, so if they can shut down the full-backs, the, the wing-backs, that's, that's all they have to do, because then there's no crosses coming in. Mm. It's just poor, and I thought Scott Brown was dropping deep to get the ball. You don't need that when you've got three centre backs, no, two two of which can come out with the ball themselves. He was dropping deep, and Cham, I worry about him in a midfield too. He goes out, to, drifts out to the left too much. There was far too much space yeah. in the middle with Brown dropping him, drifting out wide. None of it worked. It was a shocking start to the game, <laughs> well, and we we never looked like recovering from it. There was. Barely any chances of a couple of balls across the box. I remember but there was a shot from Forrest that was saved by Marciano, kind of in the inside right channel. Yeah. channel that, that was about it. It just seemed like give it to Forrest and hope he does something. Yeah. And you know he barely kicked a ball no. in that game because he was playing more centrally. And I've said pretty recently that he can be good at that, but he's good at drifting into central positions from wide rather than playing through the middle, which he was here to accommodate. It seems like we're now shoehorning Scott Sinclair into that team because he played right wing back. And the more you think back to that, it's he and Izagiri on either side is lunacy going into a game. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of players playing out of position, playing in this formation. A lot of them haven't played in before. It just it was all over the place. And yes, the players on the pitch were still good enough to beat him, mm. but there's other circumstances in that. Like, these guys, how many games have they played? That was Carl McGregor's 40th game this 40th. season. And we're 40th only in December. Yep, no, <sighs> he's still got four more games before he gets a break. Yeah. It's incredible he's played that much. Kieran Tierney, we're now starting this heat. He can't expect a guy of that age to go through all these games. It's going to harm him later on. He's missing every second game right now. We need to invest in the squad. This all goes back. If you look back to... This time last year, before the January window, we were crying out for players. Yeah, the window was an utter disaster. The players we brought in, no, Musonda, <laughs> Compere, and Henry. Exactly, forgot. <laughs> forgot about Morgan. None of them have made an impact. Then we lose Roberts, we lose Dembele, and we lose Armstrong, and the, none of them have been replaced. Yeah, the squad has been ripped apart. It's shown now. We should be further ahead in the league, but we don't have any options. Look at the Hibs game. Chasing a game, we bring on Johnny Hayes, Lewis Morgan and Mikey Johnson. Not one of them has scored in the league this season, and that's what we are doing to chase a game against. Not been on good form recently, but we're doing that to chase a game against a good a good Hibs team. It's incredible we've let the squad get to this. Just on, on the shape itself, I mentioned Sinclair and Izagiri there. Now, I watched a wee, a wee breakdown of... Man City versus Everton at the weekend. Oh, that is football. I know. And there was there was a point where Everton kept getting caught out at the back because they were splitting their centre halves to receive goal kicks. They were, so they were doing what Celtic do, playing it sort of deep back into the line. Was it Mina that got caught? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all Man City do was advance all three of their forwards on top of their centre halves. 
Mina takes one step into the box, looks up and there's nothing there, so he just launches it into midfield straight to Bernardo Silva. So with that in mind, you look at Celtic's... Well, Everton played 3-4-3 three, three yeah. the weekend as well. So that, yeah, that's what I mean. That's um, tying it to this. So when you look, that that can work, but it's about making making options available in wide areas. Are Izegiri and Scott Sinclair the guys you want to be no. to be putting their hands up and receiving those balls? No, I mean, God love them, love Izegiri and all that, but he's not the most positionally aware guy. That's not really his strength. He's never a wing-back either because for both of these goals in this game... He wasn't in camera shot and they both came down. Yep, that's it. Just caught out. Yeah. Lennon said after the game, uh, he was asked why they played a 4 4 2 diamond. He said they played it last week, but he said Celtic struggle with that. And especially with that formation, the back three, that's them occupied by the two strikers and the guy at the tip of the diamond. The two wing backs, well, their full backs can just go on to them. And then we've only got two in, mid, two in central midfield that can get outnumbered by. Their, their diamond as well so it just it didn't work at all again taking Cal McGregor out that deep line role it takes so much away from his game last week yeah and it, it takes away from everything that's yep. that's how Celtic are are being held now being held together that is the that's the, the fulcrum yes of the, of the side Cal McGregor sitting in that role I said it last week I warned I warned Brendan <laughs> you must have missed that episode that yeah. if you take him out of that position we're going to lose so much and, and we did now Scott Brown there's been a lot of debate, as the, as it tends to rear its head in every game now, is Scott Brown finished? Right? And I, I just, I think that's far too strong, right? But at the same time, a lot of the excuses being made for him seem to hinge on him having played really well in the past. And I saw one comment in particular saying, oh, how can you say Scott Brown's finished when he was so good in the Invincible season? And I'm like, right, I do agree with the overall point that he's not finished, but saying how can he be finished when back then he wasn't finished? Doesn't it really make sense? <laughs> no, he, he didn't have a good game at all. Just passes were shocking. He played one one in particular hospital ball to Encham. Yeah, if it got him hurt. It could have it could have been stripped off of that. The tackle on Slavka could have been sent off in another day. Well, it was that, a bad bad tackle. Yeah, he could have. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I would have given a straight red for that. But it's just when you see the replays, yeah. ankle goes underneath him. It's a hard yellow, an orange, yeah. if you will. But what? The problem with that was for the second goal, Camberry takes the ball on his chest and see, looking back, just as an aside here, as soon as that ball hit his chest, I thought this is a definite goal. Oh, it, it just a, felt it was a great counterattack. Uh, it fell beautifully for him right in his path, and I thought he's going to smash this with the net. But the nearest person to him was Scott Brown. He was chasing, and eventually he did get within reasonable distance of him, but he can't slide because he's going to be off yep. it's, it's probably going to be a penalty if not a straight red for it being a goal scoring opportunity he's definitely going to get a second booking and off so that hampered him just that that silly tackle in the early stages Scott Brown's not finished he'll still have a role to play of course I and the, the team is just right now with so many games in December he's getting put in when we're changing the squad and as we've seen this season when we change the squad more than Two changes, we really, really struggled. The mm. quality drops off significantly. Now, this game, there wasn't much choice. Lustig injured, Christie injured, Rogic injured. There was obviously no Griffiths. No beat on. No. No, he's <laughs> back today. He was playing today. Oh, he? Yeah, he's playing yeah. for the reserves today. There's a lot of injuries, so Boyata was out. So that's no five. Pl- no. <laughs> that's five players that would probably arguably start every game, taking out a team. Tierney, obviously. Not a lot of teams can cope with that. We can't, we can't. We've seen when we've changed it this season, Commander, Carts and Hibs, as soon as we play a good team and make two and any changes, we get beat. 
The nugget uh, players to it's do. It's such it. a massive drop. I mean, yeah. none of them are bad players per se, apart from no, Johnny. And Hayes. it's difficult for Brown coming back from injury and getting flung into this much changed team, change formation. Same with uh, Edwards getting a lot of stick right now, but he's 20 years old. I know age isn't everything, but this is his first full season being number one striker in his career. Last season, they get. It wasn't until maybe this time last year we started to see more of him and he right. came into the second half of the season. It's a lot of pressure to put on a guy that age, first full season, and he can't get a rest. He can't get a rest. Yeah. He's played more games probably this season than he's played in his whole career. Agreed. And I looked into this, he's 21 next month, right? And I saw uh, people were saying, oh, he's 20, give him a break, you know, all this kind of thing. And I totally, right? But the thing is, him being 20, almost 21, is not extraordinary in and of itself. That's not that young for a footballer. See, if he was 17 and you went like, but I bet he's 17. Yeah. But what I will defend him on is that he, sh- he should never be in this position. No, yes, he's Yes, he's about to be 21 and should be establishing himself as a player. Well, he is establishing himself. Yeah, but, but being the only striker is not the environment in which to do that. <laughs> That's not ideal. The only striker where you play nine games in 28 days. Yeah, it's not fair on the guy. And I know he's getting a lot of stick now because he's... He's not playing very well, but neither neither the team. The team are no, not. No, they didn't create a single no. chance for him. He needs to be more ruthless and clinical. There's a lot of balls, I said, that flashed across the box. He's got to be in there, put on the end of them. We need a sort of poacher that's going to do that. But if we get a striker in, we can drift Edward back out left and it's some uh, give him a rest if need be. We need January. Well, Brendan Rodgers now said that he intends to get two strikers yeah. well at least target two strikers now um, whether that'll happen or not I have my doubts who knows because the last two windows God knows ha- haven't been great but I'm glad that he has at least signalled this in public so that if we don't get two strikers then it's not because Brendan Rodgers didn't want them yeah he we've seen how he was he obviously said he was maybe a bit petulant maybe the last mm. transfer window but if you're trying to build something and you're not being given the tools it's going to be frustrating loses out in the Champions League which means Dembele has to go it's a massive loss and we've seen AK Athens get absolutely drilled in every game they played they right. were not a good team that was a winnable tie we need to back him this time we need to get the players in and I'm not just talking about deadline day January the yeah. 1st I expect four of them sitting there <laughs> Well, he's always he's always vocal about that as well. I want players in early so I can work yeah. with them. And coming in in deadline days, no use to anyone because. But that I don't know if we've got an international break this time, have we? Is that not? No, that's it's stay. Uh, right, that's, that's fine. Because no, the winter happens, is a winter break. Yeah, but what usually happens is we end up the, the window closes and then there's an international break and then you don't get a chance to work with everybody for for ages. So it's not it's not ideal. I remember Jack Hendry last year being the example of that. Yeah. He wanted them in basically 1st of January and it didn't happen but well nothing nothing really lost there he came in he was pissing all (laughs) there's a lot of players that can go I think we've seen that Johnny Hayes it's not going to cut it it's not going to happen for him at Celtic Lewis Morgan time will tell I think Mikey Johnson deserves uh, maybe the next two home games get him in because he looked lively when he came on Uh, Anthony Ralston see if we manage to somehow buy a right back I don't want to write players off because we've seen players come back time and time again and do a job. So he needs to be playing football. But so get him loaned out if he's not going to be used. On Ralston, yeah, the the easy thing would be to look at this and say we haven't got a right back or struggling there with with Ayer and and Lustig being injured. If he can't get a game just now ahead of him, ahead of Gamboa and Ayer, they just 
chuck it. Just yeah, leave. I but, always like Ralston. Yeah. yeah, I thought he looked good. It's good to see one year on. Even if we get another right back in and he's back up, but he needs to be playing football. So. Also, with the with the talk of not strengthening properly, and I don't again, I, I don't want to go up. as soon as Jamie's not here. We start yeah. talking about the transfer window again. But the thing is, look at the position we're now in. We're struggling, not struggling. We're previously in great form, but the last couple of weeks has seen Celtic not be top of the league. And if Celtic should be out of sight by now, we shouldn't be yeah. trading places with Kamala and Rangers. We've only won three games out of ten, the yeah. last ten away from home. Any time we're away from home, we struggle now, no matter who it is. It's something that has to be addressed. 15, 15 points dropped away this season, I think it is. It's not good enough, yeah. is it? We've, we've laughed enough at Rangers and how poor they are. We've seen in the Europa League, they won one game in a very poor group. Yeah. They, they could have easily qualified from that. They're not a good team. Not very good to watch, yet they're sitting top of the league right now and that's our fault. The Motherwell yeah. game, we should have been out of sight. The Hibs game didn't show up. Hearts we've been beaten. Uh, Kilmarnock we've been beaten and we've been beaten quite convincingly in those three games. So it's something we need to address because we've got two tough away games coming up as well. But that was Hibs, I think we can both agree, a day to forget. Wasn't oh. a great game. I was looking forward to it. I think I said last week I was looking forward to a nice wee early kickoff. On, on a Sunday, um, on Sunday we can we can do that. We can get out for a pint, which we did. Yes. We went out after it to drown Wallowed our sorrows. Self pity. Eventually, got to the stage where we were where we were pondering a bit too long on spending, frankly, unjustifiable amounts on classic football shirts <laughs> sitting at a table in the pub. But anyway, <laughs> a wee insight into our day there. The games keep coming thick and fast, though. Celtic have got Motherwell again on yes. Wednesday night. A game, a team rather we've played very recently after having not played them all season. They're in decent form though, has to be said. They drew with Celtic, obviously. They lost 1-0 to Hearts, but they beat St Johnston 2-1 on the weekend. So they're they're doing okay. Danny Johnson is the guy in form. He's scored against Celtic and he's been scoring most of the goals for him. I think he's got six in the league this season. But from the previous game, we did a match companion for just last week. We know what they're about. They're a big physical team. They're going to make it difficult for Celtic, as they, they often tend to do. What do you think? What's the, what's the team news? Would you make any any changes, or are we just the, the thing is before before I finish that question? The thing is, we can't drop any more points this month. No. I, I know we. I think it was you that flagged it up originally. You said that you don't see it being the same as the invincible season. We're not going to coast through December no, nine games and just win every single one of them. I mean, you were absolutely right. We've already dropped points in at least two, two of those. Yeah, but that that's got to be it now because as we say, Rangers. As much as I like a laugh at them and all that, they're still there. They're, yep. they're, we're, we're trading places at the top of the league just now. The end's in sight now. Four games to go before yep. the window. If we can get these two home games won, we should be able to win them. I'm not I'm not really worried about great performances in these two yeah, games. Yep. As long as we get the wins, we get a few players back, we managed to get some players bloodied back in, then it's the two big ones we need to worry about. So we need to get these two home games, get them one off home. Home form's been... Brilliant this season. It's been good under Brendan Rodgers, a bar one defeat in the league. Need to get these one. Motherwell might pose a few problems, but it's just problems because of the way we are now, because of the injuries, so many games. But we need to get these one and then two tough, tough away games before the break. But these are the games Celtic get up for. It's just going to be what players we have available. Well, how do we solve the Christie problem then? Because as we said earlier in this, that he's now he's now become an absolutely crucial player. Yeah. For, before he got injured, we couldn't imagine for a single second dropping him. But now we find ourselves in the position where he has to be replaced. Is isn't Cham that guy? Because he's he's not in particularly great form either. 
No, we, we don't really one. know if it's all ifs and buts. Yeah. But Lustig. That's Tierney, our business, so Melly. That's what we do. Is. Lustig, Tierney, Christie, Rogic would all be starting right now if they were all fit. They're not. That's two fullbacks and the two attack midfielders. That's a lot to take out the team, a lot of creativity. Not got a lot of goals in the team right now, so we need everybody fighting fit. Hopefully we can get Boyata back at some point as well. I don't know if Christy will make Wednesday night, but hopefully no, we'll, we'll get him in at the weekend. Hopefully Rogic is back. It just depends who's back. I saw Jack Aitchison scored today. Yes. So yeah. oh, I was having a look at the reserve team because you can usually tell if somebody's in it, well, they're not going to be in the squad. So we oh, Oko... Oh, yeah, Armstrong, Armstrong the uh, the protein shake. Yeah, he's uh, he's been starting a lot recently. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that to see if he's ever not starting for them, so he might be in the squad. But it doesn't it doesn't look like Hsin or him. How old is he? He's like seventeen or something. Yeah, 16, 17. Ages. Don't care. Get him in. Get him in. And of course, as you alluded to, another home game this week. Two home games in a row. Got Dundee at the weekend. A nice wee three p.m. Saturday kickoff. The Dundee have, have kind of turned that around a bit since ditching the rat, McCann. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other rat up front's banging them in as no, well. That's very true, that's right. Drawn with both Hibs and Rangers recently, but lost 3-1, which is no shame to a rampant Kilmarnock most recently. <laughs> Again. I know, still flying. In, um, the, in this little run, we play Aberdeen and Rangers. Rangers play Hibs twice and us. Kilmarnock could go into the break top of the league. They've got a Aye. much easier run than Celtic and Rangers, so it's feasible they could go. I think they've got two home games in there. They have played more games, but they could go into the break top of the league as long as it's not the Huns. Ideally, we want to be top. But Aye. a few weeks ago, we were looking at it going into this Rangers game, thinking we want to maybe beat them to stretch our lead. Now it looks like we might need to beat them to get ahead of them, or God forbid. God forbid if we get beat, but Lenny's got two <laughs> games against him, so I'd expect him to do something in at least one of them. Is this the first time he's been back at Ibrox since the, the Lenny Copter incident? It was uh, Easter Road uh, midweek first. Oh, is it? Right. Yeah. And that's probably about it for this week. Uh, we we muddled through. We've been I, flying recently. I know, but... we muddled through some some dark times there, a couple of, a couple of really poor performances, and we were without our, our captain. Yep. I've strapped on the armband for this week. Lucky he wasn't here, he'd be pounding eye <laughs> his eye agenda on the go. <laughs> but just another quick mention for the, the charity drive, as Melly said, it's not over yet just because we've hit the target, we want to raise as much as we possibly can and give that to what is a, a really great cause that was chosen by Jamie and it's a, a perfect, perfect for Christmas, that's Chaz. We'll post up the link. Yeah, you? yeah, we will. Sorry. Patreon. That's a subscription service we provide where um, you can, for a small pledge, get access to a wee bit of extra content as well as extra podcasts we've been doing. We have been running a series of blogs. The 12, yes, we've been doing fantastic. The 12 Streams of Christmas. I thought long and hard about a title and couldn't come up with anything <laughs> better than that. But what that is, is we are, if you, like me, not if you like me, but if you, <laughs> comma, like me, are looking forward to Christmas, not because of Christmas Day, but for that nameless wasteland in between Christmas and New Year where you get to just Time lie off. about yep you just get to lie about have celebrations for breakfast and bevy all day without anyone judging you if you're looking forward to that we've, we've been doing a, a wee series of recommendations of what you can watch on YouTube with a daytime bevy just all manner of Celtic content whether it's classic games classic documentaries we just wee quirky bits and pieces so that's been a lot of fun I think we're on day 6 of that just now yep. I'll, I'll end up running out of ideas right enough and I'll just be like eh I don't know last week's game <laughs> but, um, but it's been going going quite well so far 
just on the Patreon though, we're in the new year, we're getting ready to embark upon a, a new ambitious long-term project that Adventure. we're all looking forward to. Indeed, uh, quite looking forward. we're going to start basically a new, an entirely new thing on Patreon. We won't name it just now, but we'll, we're getting ready to drop that in the new year. We're all looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of work, but that's the grind. And the reviews, we are currently sitting at 469. We are edging ever closer to that um, that elusive 500. As we all know, Jamie has threatened each and every one of you listeners that if we don't get to 500 by January, oh boy, you don't want to know. He'll do nothing. <laughs> and that'll do us. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks to everyone who subscribes and listens and reviews the podcast. And thanks to everyone who subscribes to the Patreon. Um, we very much appreciate it. And we'll be back next Monday. Oh, Christmas Eve. I know, Christmas Eve. I know. Santa hat. The work never stops around, around this podcast. But we'll be back. Yeah, we're a podcast on Christmas Eve to talk about the, the upcoming biggies. Yeah, the biggies. Thanks for listening. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.